do want to introduce you to the great friends of the program, and there can be no uh, greatest friend than the man who I'm turning the keys over to, who will be doing this show on Monday, Jeff Courier. The truth is I never really liked you all that much, you know, and, and so I've been waiting for this day for, for a long time, and... and before you go, can you at least tidy the studio up and, and you know disinfect the keyboard and change the light bulbs or something? You know, I mean, you know, you're such a, you haven't you haven't done a single segment and already you're going diva on me. Oh, I know it's uh, you know really we have to. I thought I was going to have to genuflect when I came into the studio this morning, uh, listening to all the tributes here today. You know, there's a sense of bereavement, and it's this is true, Charles. There's a sense of of bereavement on the part of this community, what because you are leaving, and it's I, I don't know if I've if I've ever quite experienced that that kind of that feeling of loss or bereavement over someone who hasn't died yet, well, you know, I mean, you know, this isn't the circus. You know, no. I mean, this is, you know, I talk about the community microphone. It's a very intimate experience uh, every day for folks. Um, they're my family, um, and I'm 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 their family. And uh, this is yeah. you know as spontaneous as it gets. I mean, you know, this isn't like uh, a certain people who try to be public people. And uh, they're all, uh, you know, filled with their their bullet points, their, their <laughs> yeah. talking points, and 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 they're you know they're 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 told they don't look warm or sound warm, so they <laughs> sort of get that affected thing in there. Anyway, my my point is, it's a it's a spontaneous yeah. chapter, and uh, it would be silly if uh, members of the family weren't allowed uh, to do a little bit of. Um, Grieving, if yeah. you will, uh, you don't have to wait till someone dies uh, to <laughs> grieve uh, the, the knowledge that you're not going to be as in touch with them as you were. Now, you know, down the road, uh, I'll be in touch with with everyone in different ways. It wouldn't be appropriate for me on this particular broadcast uh, to talk about that. Uh, this is all about uh, thanking the people who have been listening and participating in this program, and, and thanking the people who've given us the the license to do this. Anyway, it's been great. Uh, I know that you've got way more important people than me ready to talk. Come Monday morning, uh, 10 o'clock, I'm going to be here ready to rock and roll. And uh, just, but, but thank you for, for what you have done. I don't think I can add very much to what so many other people and so many other people are, are going to join you in the next little while are going to say. But it's been great, and it's going to be an honor to take over that chair. Thank you for taking care of our people. Jeff Courier joining you on Monday right here. Jason Kenney uh, joins me now. Uh, Jason Kenney is our Minister of National Defense, but, of course, he's involved in so many causes that I care about revolving around uh, human rights, so he's much more than the Minister of National Defense. Not that, not Jason, not, not that uh, being a, a Minister of Defense doesn't keep you busy. It does, Charles, uh, and it's great to be on the show. I was just in Winnipeg last night, uh, just arrived in uh, Calgary. I'm sorry I couldn't be in studio uh, to wish you my best. Uh, you've been an amazing voice um, both nationally and, of course, uh, in the Southern Manitoba community for, uh, well, first of all, just great information. But uh, there's a, there's something more to you, Charles. I've always found a kind of depth and substance and uh, true compassion that, uh, frankly, you don't normally get um, with, uh, with voices in the media. So uh, I know Winnipeg's going to miss you, but it's going to be Vancouver's game. Jason, uh, Minister Kenny... Sorry, every, every, you know, if it's inappropriate every now and then, I, I, you know, to me, you were, you were Jason before you were a minister, so pardon me for, <laughs> for that. But um, You can call me Hey You. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, so many of the things that uh, you have done, which we would call the, the human rights file, uh, you have done uh, privately. Uh, and uh, you've uh, not sought publicity, nor did you wish uh, publicity. Um, but there's a, 
a man who's got a very, very special place in my heart. And uh, there's something that you did for his memory. And if you wouldn't mind, uh, Minister Kenny, can you tell me a little bit about um, what the name Raoul Wallenberg means uh, to the fight for, for human rights and what you did to bring the memory of the great Raoul Wallenberg to Canada? Well, Charles, as you know better than most, Raoul Wallenberg is one of the great heroes of the 20th century, although too little known. I mean, uh, Steven Spielberg made a, made a film about uh, uh, Schindler and who helped to save a, he was a, uh, a German businessman who helped to save Jews during the Second World War. But Raoul Wallenberg was a Swedish diplomat who uh, found himself uh, as the Swedish ambassador in uh, Budapest, Hungary, uh, when uh, in 1943 uh, the Nazis started rounding up um, all of the Jews of Hungary, 1943-44, and uh, he quite literally risked his life repeatedly, daily, hourly, by uh, beginning to produce uh, Swedish uh, passports and travel documents uh, for Hungarian Jews so they could uh, and get a foreign nationality, a diplomatic protection, avoid arrest and deportation to the death camps uh, by the SS uh, in those dark final days of their occupation of Hungary. And uh, he worked around the clock for weeks uh, using underground couriers um, and to produce thousands and thousands of these documents uh, that saved literally thousands of lives of Hungarian Jews from a certain death in Auschwitz-Birkenau and other Nazi death camps. And uh, sadly, when the Russian Red Army, the Soviet Red Army arrived in, in Hungary, he went out to uh, greet the, the Soviet Red Army commander to explain that there were still Jews in hiding in Budapest, and he was arrested by the Soviets uh, and never heard from him again. His, his whereabouts now still uh, 70 uh, years later are unknown. So uh, what we did in Parliament was to recognize Raoul Wallenberg as a, a hero of humanity, grant him honorary Canadian citizenship. We issued a stamp in his memory. We held uh, uh, centennial activities. We named uh, the, the main part of our embassy in Stockholm, Sweden, after him uh, and uh, made him a key focus of our chairmanship of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. And I know he means a lot to you, Charles, because he had a connection to your parents. He, uh, he saved my mother, uh, who was in the uh, ghetto. She was 10 years old. And I've not discussed this publicly before, and my mom probably wouldn't be happy about it because um, she'd like to probably keep this as, as private as possible. So I'm pro- probably crossing some lines here. But uh, you talked about the, the couriers underground getting those passports to as many people as possible. And uh, my uh, my mom was one of them. And it is difficult for my my mom to ever discuss that. Uh, she's not the one who told me. I was told by a woman who was um, rescued by the good work of Mr. Wallenberg and, and, and people like my mom. And, and one of the reasons my mom was, and this is such a difficult thing to talk about, as you can imagine, Jason, uh, one of the reasons my mother was able to be an effective courier outside of her incredible courage is that uh, she did not look Jewish. Hmm. That is such a difficult thing to ever talk about, either privately uh, or, or publicly. But it was, a, it was a different time. 
it was a different place. I shared earlier with with Mike McIntyre and Devon Ross and others that you know one of the the, the things that that fuels me and and, and attracts me to, to certain people is uh, the ones who are fighting for justice, fighting against injustice, uh, fighting for for human rights, um, and regardless of what my my politics are uh, and, and how I vote. Uh, I care deeply for those people who are in that struggle, and I know that's not what you're generally known for, uh, Minister Kenny, uh, but in, in my heart and in the uh, hearts of, of people like, like Rose Adler and Jacqueline Adler and so many others, you're the guy. Before I let you go, I want you to talk to me about, a little bit about your connection uh, to what good people uh, from Tibet and in Tibet are fighting for and the Dalai Lama. Well, thank you, Charles. And that connection you just revealed is extremely uh, touching. Um, and uh, uh, it's amazing how the, the survivors came, the Holocaust survivors came to Canada, having lost everything, their families. And uh, um, it would be understandable if they just collapsed into post-traumatic stress disorder and and in a sense of bitterness. But they went on and built uh, amazing lives and families in Canada. And your tribute to that. Um uh, yes, Charles. I'm, as you know, I've, I've also got a particular interest in uh, in the rights of the, the Tibetan people who lost uh, their country in 1956 with the Chinese invasion. And uh, I'd, I'd like to, uh, I believe I've become over the past many years a, a friend of uh, the Dalai Lama, at least a very powerful Chinese minister once told me I was. <laughs> and uh, the uh, Dalai Lama is a remarkable man of peace. Uh, he has suffered uh, the uh, efforts to wipe out uh, the ancient culture and faith of his people on the Tibetan plateau for the past six decades. He's done so with dignity, with winsomeness, with courage. Um, and uh, this is also why we had him recognized as the second. You know, actually, Charles, I just realized the first honorary Canadian citizen uh, was uh, Raoul Wallenberg. The second was Nelson Mandela. The third was... Uh, Tenzin Gyatso, the 14th Dalai Lama, um, based on a motion that I that I drafted, and so we presented him with honorary Canadian citizenship. I won't hide the fact the um, People's Republic of China was uh, displeased with this recognition, uh, but he is a Nobel Peace Prize laureate and one of the most deserving ones, uh, because notwithstanding the efforts to destroy his ancient um, culture, uh, he has always advocated nonviolence. <clears throat> He's often said that if the Tibetans followed the same path of the Palestinians or other uh, to, to embrace violence as part of their national cause, perhaps they'd have their own country by now. But they didn't. They pursued the path of peace, and that's why I believe we need to, to, uh, to support, at the very least, his call for negotiations around some kind of cultural autonomy. And we're, we're proud that he's a friend of Canada and an honorary citizen of our country. Minister Kenny was talking earlier about uh, Chief Clunas, uh, Devon Clunas, and I felt that he was being picked on uh, uh, very, very early in, in his term uh, because uh, he's a man of faith and he uh, did not hide that. And some people felt that it was inappropriate for him to say certain things uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, you're a man of faith. Uh, you don't hide it either. Uh, b- before I, I let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about how your faith informs your values and how your faith motivates you to do public service. Well, by the way, Charles, one of the one of the reasons I think you're so popular uh, as a radio personality is because you're one of the few voices who has been completely unencumbered 
by the straitjacket of political correctness. And uh, one aspect of political correctness is, the, is a kind of uh, intolerant uh, secularism, this idea that, that people of faith cannot hold public office, be it the, uh, uh, be it the uh, chief of police of Winnipeg or uh, a member of parliament. And I, I just think that is totally contrary to our own traditions of freedom, freedom of conscience. Uh, you know, of course, we don't seek to impose a religious faith on anyone in our pluralistic society. Uh, that's not the point. The point is that everyone has uh, deeply held convictions, whether they are uh, 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 spiritual, religious, or or, uh, or atheists. Uh, we all come to life and our different occupations with different uh, core convictions. And mine revolve around the idea of the dignity of the human person, the importance of promoting the the common good. Um, and I'd like to believe those are, you know, yes, those are rooted in part in my uh, own Catholic faith, but I believe those are universal values that everyone can can respect. One of my um, heroes in life was uh, St. John Paul II, uh, who uh, obviously was was a Catholic leader, but he appealed to people all throughout Eastern Europe, and his voice, uh, his his message of "Be not afraid," of standing up with dignity uh, to the communist totalitarian system behind the Iron Curtain, helped to lead to the liberation of uh, hundreds of millions of people. Uh, I stood recently on the spot in Victory Square in Warsaw, where he preached his great uh, homily in front of a crowd of a million people, uh, which led ultimately to the Solidarity Movement in Poland, the fall of the communist regime there, and the fall of the Iron Curtain and the Berlin Wall. So we shouldn't diminish those voices of faith, be they uh, Martin Luther King or William Wilberforce, the great emancipator who successfully led the fight against slavery in the British Empire, or John Paul II, or uh, or, or the, the Dalai Lama, one of the great Buddhist leaders of the world. We should uh, be uh, humble enough to listen to those voices in our own public debates. Jason Kenny, thank you for so much of what you do and how you live and, and how you inspire and, and who you help. And thank you for being the son of a Canadian Air Force officer without his work and uh, the legions of people like him from this country and other good countries it wouldn't matter that my mom was a mule. Uh, it wouldn't matter what Wallenberg did. None of them, in the end, would have ended up anywhere except in ashes because of people like your father. Thank you so much. You want to communicate with me? Uh, Charles at cjob.com is easy. You can go to my uh, site, charlesadler.com, and you want to check out my Facebook and Twitter, just go to my site, and uh, you can follow all the links. Bob Irving is, I called you earlier, the, the, the minister of sport. Thank you so much for coming into this farewell broadcast. <laughs> My son Kyle, by the way, extends his regards and his best to you. He loves listening. He's a huge fan of yours. I mean, I'm sort of a mediocre fan, but he's a huge <laughs> fan of yours. <laughs> My pleasure to be here, Charles, on a, a noteworthy day for our radio station and for you. And I guess in some ways a sad day, but uh, life does go on. And I know you're moving on to other things and I wish you well. Bob Irving, uh, you bleed uh, CJOB colors. That's, I that's, do. That's yep. what it said about you. Uh, uh, at one time, uh, you, the, the voice of the bombers, were not the voice of the bombers for a couple of years because of uh, business and mm-hmm. somebody else uh, had the rights and, and that's the way it was. And I know you had the opportunity to, to continue to be the voice of the bombers, but you stuck with CJOB. You're no quitter. You're, wow. uh, you're a better man than me, Bob. <laughs> Well, we're not here to talk about me. I've been here almost 43 <laughs> years now, and I, I think that says it all right there. But, uh, uh, you know, this is your day, Charles, and uh, 
you know, I, I've said to people, our paths first crossed in the 80s when you were at a radio station called CKY, as you yeah. well recall, and I was at CJOB, and and eventually you worked your way over to this, as you call it, the 50,000-watt blowtorch. Um, but you've made a, a real mark. You've left an impact here that uh, that will stay for years. You know, this could turn into me and you telling each other how great we are, right? So let me start. Uh, Charles Adler, to me, and I've said this to many people, and I'm not saying it because I'm sitting here and he's across the table from me, one of the best broadcasters that I have ever crossed paths with or listened to. You're a great storyteller. You're articulate. Your ability to ad-lib, your ability to do interviews is unparalleled. It's, you know, you rub people the wrong way sometimes, but that's the nature of the beast. Uh, what you do requires an enormous amount of work and intelligence, uh, staying power three hours a day, five days a week. People don't understand what goes into that. I do. Uh, I think the general public doesn't. So you're, in my eyes, you're an icon in this business. And I know you didn't bring me in here to tell you that, but I'm telling you that. <laughs> you're an icon. Uh, you're, you're one of the best of the best uh, that we've ever had in front of a radio microphone. And, uh, and I know it's not in it. I don't want to make this sound like a funeral, uh, I know it's not ending for you because I know something will happen out there on the West Coast that will put you back in front of a microphone. Yeah, okay. Um, so, and our loss will be there again. Bob Irving, when uh, I was uh, invited uh, to come back to Winnipeg and to uh, work at uh, CGOB, um, I don't mean to embarrass you here, but I uh, thought of the CGOB as, the, as, as, a, as the New York Yankees, right? right? The, the, the standard. Yeah. And one of the reasons I thought of uh, CJOB as the New York Yankees is because um, I thought of you as Mickey Mantle. I know you're the voice of football, but you know <laughs> how I feel about baseball. Yeah. And you hit home runs wow. all the time. And it meant a hell of a lot to me uh, to come back to Winnipeg and work with Mickey Mantle. Well, look, uh, I prefer Roger Maris, but I'll take Mickey Mantle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I appreciate that, Charles. Look, the, uh, the pleasure has been all mine. And I might add, too, that on top of what a great journalist you are, you're an entertainer. And so, I mean, you've got it all. You've had it all. And the audience has had it all from you for all these years. Thank you. Godspeed, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right. Bob says that I may have rubbed some people the wrong way. Uh, I don't think Dave <laughs> Chomiak. I don't think Dave Chomiak would agree with that. Would you agree with that, Dave, uh, that I've rubbed uh, some people the wrong way? Yes. <laughs> you, are you, would you be one of those? No. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I've, you've been very fair to me, and uh, we've been, been able to both be stand up and say what we had to say, but it, it's been done with respect. So, no, uh, no, I can't say that. I can't, we haven't agreed on, on political points, but in a lot of ways, I, I, I was thinking we're cut from the same cloth. We're both uh, basically uh, kids of um, uh, people from what we call the old country, um, uh, who came here and our, our folks worked their butts off to uh, to give us a chance, and uh, we both were fortunate enough to uh, to in our careers be able to uh, uh, to 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 do work uh, that both is uh, rewarding and is helpful. And uh, so, uh, in in that way, we're uh, we're we're very similar, and uh, we, we haven't always agreed, but you've been very fair to me. I saw some film the other day of you um, many years ago at Rideau Hall delivering pizza. Do you recall that moment? Sure. 
Tell, 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 tell me about that just before I, I let you go, Dave, because I, don't, I think it's a, a story that not, not many people know. But why were you delivering pizza at uh, Rideau Hall, Dave? Well, because the Shriers wanted pizza, and I was at the Shriers at Rideau Hall. And, um, like, I'll, I'll, like, in, in some ways, like, look, I'll do, I'll do anything to kind of try to help uh, people. And uh, the Shriers were the decent, wonderful people, and I went with them to Rideau Hall to help out with the family. And um, uh, I, did a lot of, I did a lot of things, um, and, uh, you know, I, I carried stuff, and I drove the car, and I did things like that because it uh, – Helped the family out, and I just thought that the the Schreier family were, were were great for this country. You're a hardworking man. Uh, you're a, a friend of, for life. You were a friend of a, a great family. You, you've always been a friend to Manitoba. Uh, you know your politics, my politics. Uh, they, they may diverge, but on the on the on the stuff that matters, uh, being a dad and, and being a husband and being a friend, uh, Dave. Um, you're on a scale of one to ten. You're you're a hundred. Thank you so much for being on my final show. Thanks, Charles. Can I just make three points Please. For, for Jeff Courier, advice to him that I learned from you? Go ahead. Uh, firstly, that uh, you kept, you always used to say constituency is the hobgoblin or uh, the hob, that, I can never figure that out. And I have two degrees and I thought about it a lot. The intellectual but, consistency is the, the hobgoblin of mediocre minds. Well, you know what? I, and I was like that. And after I heard that, I pondered and pondered and realized I was like that. So I changed. The second thing was, I love the way you're, you know, um, Irving said you're an entertainer. I love the way that on mic, it's like in the legislature, we would talk and 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 argue back and forth. But off mic, you were you were you were kind and 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 considerate and and so we both sort of did our jobs. Uh, at, but at the same time, you were kind and considerate. And I'm I'm giving this advice to Jeff Curry. And the third thing, which is the most important thing, is your compassion and caring. And um, the fact that, uh, yes, you're an entertainer, yes, you were paid to do this, but you helped a lot of people. And in your job uh, and in my job, um, sometimes we get a lot of slings and arrows thrown at us. But at the end of the day, um, if we can help people and make this place a better place, and this is a great place, Winnipeg's a great place, and it's better for the work that you've done. And I hope in my small way, I've made an impact too. And so I, I'm passing that on to Jeff Courier to, to carry on that, that, those three points. I love your Ukrainian-Canadian, Manitoban, Winnipeg heart. Thank you, Dave Chomiak. You could tell from the conversation I had last week when I made the announcement and some of what we chatted earlier about with Jeff Courier that I was very concerned about uh, handing the keys over to somebody that I, I trusted and somebody I, I respected. And Jeff is, is going to be here on Monday uh, when they asked me to do the national show, which we did for about a decade, it was time to turn the keys over to the 9 to noon uh, to somebody we respected and trusted. And I'm honored to have him here on our farewell show. Richard Cluche, thank you so much. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Good. Yeah. All things considered. Well, yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, I'm going to have a little bit of fun with you. Gerald Muswagon. Remember him? Yes. It was one of the best. What was it? What was that feature called? Was it Chuck in the Truck? No, it was uh, Prime Chuck. Prime Chuck. It was our comments because before when Peter was doing the show and they, right. Vic, Vic Grant hired me here with Garth Blitzko. That was the crew and they and they wanted me to have some exposure on 680 CGOB for the uh, couple of months I was here. You know, because I was, you know, I mean, I'm just, I got this ridiculous work ethic. So sure. I can't just, you know, drive around town. I got to, I got to do something. So while Peter was doing the show, we incorporated comments, I guess, twice a day. Uh, they were called Prime Chuck. Yeah. 
And um, I, I guess that he had won uh, multiple million dollars or something like that. Oh yeah, he won the he won like a a ridiculous amount of money. And then the upshot of it, because you have the knack of getting right to the marrow of the story, was it? Hey man, you know maybe you should should buy some 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 new teeth with that. And politically oh. incorrect, completely and totally politically incorrect. But you know what? We laughed and continue to laugh. And I remember many people always said, and, and this happened last time we went for a walk in, in St. Norbert, Fort Richmond. I get off, we finish our two, three hour walks and guy comes up to me that I know. He says, is that, uh, is that Charles? I said, yeah. What's he really like? Because he says the things I would like to say. And he says them on the radio. And for years and years, I thought, wow, man, you've got, you know, you got brass ones. <laughs> and, and it's so true. How many times have we been in our cars, in our homes, and you've heard the sometimes BS, and you have the ability to just kind of through humor, through different types of observation, just to cut right through to it. And that, sir, is a talent. And you relish in that because you know the line. You absolutely know the line. And you were as good now at that as you were when I first met you uh, 17 years ago. So when people ask me what Charles is really like, he's a pro. He's shy. You get him away from this microphone, he's a lot more shy. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell all the family secrets here. But as I said this morning... You're a guy that's passionate about this business, and we share that. We we share a lot of that common bond. When people ask me about uh, Richard Cloutier, uh, the first thing I say is hardest working journalist in the world. <laughs> and we are so lucky to have you here. I've been lucky to be working with you. I know that uh, because of the nature of our business, uh, you won't be a stranger, and I won't be a stranger. We'll no. find we'll find ways of, of breaking bread. Quick quick story. Because once upon a time, years and years ago, I got into a little trouble here with management. And I can't remember what I did, but I remember in a panicky way calling you. And I said, well, I did this. And he went, and you went, oh, really? That's about the worst thing you can do in this business. He said, and you said, how old are you? Well, I'm, I'm 33. Oh, you can, you know, if you're young, you'll find work somewhere else. And there was this pregnant pause and you said, no, 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 I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This is how you can repair this. And knowing you, I think you kind of uh, trottled to the corner office at the time <laughs> and said, you know what? Give Cluche a little bit of a break here. He's still young, wet behind the ears, and he's learning. So, folks, I've learned a lot about this business, both off air and on air from Charles Adler. And for that, uh, I am forever grateful and indebted to you, sir. If you run into some trouble down the road, it's 604. That's the area code, okay? Um, in all sincerity, have a good one. We'll be talking to you soon because this is uh, farewell, but not uh, for very long. I know that very much. And Charles, best to you and to your family. You've finally grown up. Because there was a time you would have said, ah, family, shmamly, no problem. <laughs> Now you're you're actually doing the right thing. Well, that were, those those were the pre-Jackie days, as you know. Everything changed after I met Jackie, and I met her right here. In That's the right. More on more on that. That's a little, right. A little later on, when I I spilled some beans. Good job, sir. Thanks very much, Richard. Thanks for taking good care of our listeners. 
Eleanor Coopsammy, you did uh, so much to take care of me in the early days here at uh, 680 CGOB. Aww. Of course, you're taking care of a wonderful audience at CTV in Winnipeg every morning. You do so many other things. Um, uh, I'm always at risk of, of sounding like I'm patronizing. It's not. No. But, um, you know, you were like my daughter. Oh. And I was uh, your virtual papa, I guess. You were. And you had, a, you had a name for that. I did. I called you Master G because you were the master of... Well, pretty much everything. Obviously, when I first started working for you, I was intimidated. I Someone had said to me, okay, you're going to be producing, helping to content produce for Charles Adler, the big boss of talk coming from Toronto. I'm, I'm going to get to produce for him. And I was intimidated. And then I met you. And yes, like Richard said, you're, you're a little shy off camera, but I think we are off camera, off, off the mic. But I think we bonded immediately with this whole um, children of immigrants and the first generation and, and not taking granted for granted um, all the opportunities we were given as a result of what our parents had been through. So I think there was an instant bond with that for us. And you were okay with the fact that uh, I wasn't very good at, at small talk. I needed to <laughs> I do stories of, of substance. I, just the, the, the happy talk, the chitty chat. I just, it, it, it's, it's not that I'm, I'm against it. I just don't know how to do it very well. And, you know, there's, there's no point in me trying to, you know, there's no. no point in me trying to enter dancing with the stars. I'm not a dancer and I'm not a chitty chatter and you, you were okay with that. <laughs> I was because I, I think you just got to be you and you do you very well. And why would you do that? I think we tried really hard to make sure that whatever we brought to the table, and I think we were on the same page that way, that it was, there was substance there. And I do appreciate too that, if something happened and we couldn't get um, someone on air, you were the consummate professional. No one would ever know that something had gone wrong. Someone had bailed at the last minute. You And that was so impressive to me that that was one of the things I learned from you is that you just got to keep going, keep rolling with it, and just act as though nothing has gone wrong and keep going. You talked about uh, off-camera uh, I've done. I've done. No, no, it's all right. I've done. I've done the camera thing from time to time. I've got That's a face true. for radio, as they say. So things <laughs> things have worked out well for me. Uh, much better in in, in radio. But uh, one of the projects was uh, one at uh, the Sun the News Network for a couple of years. Right. And there's no way that I could have done that without Jess Chapman. Jess, uh, are you there? I'm here, Charles. Je- Jess is Jess is in uh, Toronto, and uh, Jess was the one who helped me with, with content for a couple of years. And probably a very, very similar relationship. Uh, she was like my uh, my daughter. I'm, I'm so uh, proud of what Jess is doing in Toronto. I'm so proud uh, of uh, Jess's uh, decision in, in family life. Uh, Jess Chapman has a, a wonderful family. The Chaplain, uh, Chapman's here in, in Winnipeg. And uh, Jess, I just want to give you a chance to say whatever you wish on our farewell show. Well, I'm a little bit envious, Charles. I thought I was your only producer daughter, and now to hear you have a second one. I mean, what am I supposed to make of that? Well, you know, it's been, it, it, you know, I, I've been doing this for for a few years, and I've needed some help from from different people over the years. Okay, okay, I can handle that excuse. But you know, Charles, I've worked with three hosts in my broadcasting career, and. Uh, I, I have to give a shout-out to one of them, David Aiken, and you will agree, Charles, that he is always consummately professional and extraordinarily helpful. But that was for a short time. I was with you for two solid years, and you were a producer's dream to work for in every possible sense, mm-hmm. not just the fact that you were a very talented host and very helpful when it came to deciding on content, 
But you're also a mentor, especially to someone like me who is 21 years old and just getting started in media. Totally agree. And uh, one of the one of the people that uh, Jess introduced me uh, to uh, is our content producer today and has been uh, for the last little while, uh, Tristan Field Jones. Come on in. Well, and, and Charles, I just wanted to say uh, that when I first met you, uh, uh, I actually wasn't that intimidated. In fact, I think my first my first thought was, oh, he's shorter than I thought he'd be. <laughs> I got to get my last digs in here. I really do. But no, it's been it, it, it's uh, and I started. I think. Oh, over three years now, interning at Sun News. I was right out of college, didn't really have any work, and and Jess was kind enough to bring me aboard, and I figured, you know, what's the worst that could happen? I'm not doing anything. And then eventually it was through you that I uh, came here to CGOB to be a part-time board op and ended up reading news and ended up uh, just over a year ago getting the job as as a full-time content producer here, and I filled in before that as well once in a while. And one of the things that you've done uh, for us, a great feature, is is listener feedback. I don't want to give you a chance to, to do what you do best. Uh, just let us know what the folks are saying right well, now. Well, we posted on our Facebook page. Do you have anything to say to Charles? And uh, several comments on there. I'll just read one for today that I think uh, uh, was just brilliant here. Justin says, I hated this Adler's guy's style when he <laughs> took over for Warren. Arrogant, sarcastic, right-leaning blowhard. Then I started to actually listen. <laughs> hey, wait. This guy knows his way around a debate and makes politicians squirm. So refreshing. You'll be hard to replace, Chuck. All the best. Mm. Eleanor, have you gotten that uh, over the years when oh, uh, people yes. are aware that you've worked with me? How could you work with that? Blah, blah, blah. I blah. was just going to say that. It was probably the number one question. You worked for Charles Adler? What's he like? What's he really like? He's a very intelligent person. He's one of the smartest men I've ever met in my entire life. And and they would say, but is he really, is he mean? I said, no, <laughs> no, he's not mean. He's a big teddy bear. Uh-oh, did I spill the family secrets? No, it's all right. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, Jess Chapman, Eleanor Kupsami, uh, Tristan Field-Jones, uh, thank you. And through you, thank you to all of the many, many people who over the years have helped uh, produce this program and many others. Good luck missed. to all of you. You're going to be missed. Thank Charles. you very much. KK is what it says on the switchboard. Uh, that's got to be the great Kathy Kennedy. Hey, Kathy. <laughs> Good morning, Charles. And and I know you have many more more important people than I to speak to. So I'm going to keep this real quick. But uh, I've said what I wanted to say to you uh, in an email, and thank you for your response. But I, I did have to pass along a story, and this is something that. Uh, you and I have never spoken about, I've never addressed this uh, with you since I've had the honor and privilege in working beside you at uh, 680 CJOB. But it's a funny story and it has a happy ending. And going back to 1989, maybe 1990, your memory might be better than mine. Uh, going back to the old uh, KY58 days, I had uh, been working at CKO News Radio and uh, that chain of uh, stations went bankrupt. I was out of a job. So the first person I came to see about a job was you at KY58 and said, hey, I, I would love to do news for you. And you looked across uh, your desk at me and, and said, you know, I, I just don't think you're mature enough. I, I, I don't think you're going to fit. You're just, you don't have the maturity. And I remember I was, I was quite dejected, obviously, uh, you know, left the building and head hung low and then four months later, you were gone, and our good friend Gary Russell uh, took over, and I got a job with him. Uh, but here's, here's the happy ending. So uh, a few months ago, you had sent me an email, and it was an email that uh, touched my heart. Charles, sorry. I'm a, I'm a bit of a wuss like you, sir. <laughs> 
And um, to have kind words come from someone of your stature, I cannot tell you, especially to come from that place of where you were correct, sir. I wasn't mature enough uh, to work under the guidance of you. Um, But then flash forward 25 years later and to get the words that you sent to me. Um, As my father said, you need to frame that. And I have hung on to that email and will hang on to that until the day I die. I appreciate you and I love you. And it is an honor to have worked with you. You have matured with grace and charm and intelligence. And I am so proud to call you a colleague. Uh, I will miss so many people in this community. And uh, you are one of them, Kathy Kennedy. Have yourself a a great uh, career. And I just need you to know that you are inspiring people every day to get into this business. Love you. Thank you so much. Kathy Kennedy, a 680 CGOB, our morning show, Winnipeg's Morning News. A well-wisher. Who's this? Well, listen, Charles, uh, I've been listening to this love-in uh, all morning, and it's, it's the most schmaltz I've ever heard from you. So I'm not sure it's the real Charles Adler right now. I think it's somebody impersonating maybe Dahlia Kurtz. It's maybe the new Dahlia morning show that's going on right now. And uh, this is Brian Pallister, Charles, and uh, I just called to wish you well. Brian, God bless you. God bless you, Charles. You know, they say that the only uh, the definition of a statesman is a dead politician. I wish you better health than that, Charles. You're getting treated uh, statesmanlike today very, uh, very nicely, and uh, you deserve it. But I, I think probably we should have been praising you a little more earlier before you decided to depart our province. Oh, that's all right. You know, I sometimes say that uh, if, you, if you want praise, you, you have two choices. You can, you can die or you, you can leave, and this one was a little bit easier to do for me. Well, it, it is, but uh, we want you back, so, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't leave for too long. Thanks so much uh, for calling in, and uh, lots of luck to you. Thanks, Charles. Great to, great to have you, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Brian Pallister, uh, the leader of the opposition in the great province of Manitoba. This is uh, Heather Stephenson, who is a colleague of Brian's. Uh, Heather, uh, at, at first I was a little bit uh, bushwhacked. I thought that somebody was just uh, calling in, uh, trying to take uh, shots, and then I realized, oh, you know, I, I, I know this guy, and that's just his sense of humor. Listen, I I just want to extend to you a a happy 17th anniversary. You know, Charles, today marks the 17th anniversary of my own. So I'd be remiss not to wish Jason a a happy uh, anniversary today. Heather Stephenson, uh, I first uh, got to know your family uh, because your mother, uh, the great uh, Diane McDonald, was was one of our guests. Uh, The the topic was cancer which unfortunately um, took her life about, if, if I'm correct, about 15 years ago. Yes, that's right. We miss her very, very much. And then I got to meet uh, your dad, uh, Hugh, and uh, he invited me, uh, he along with, with your husband, Jason, to a number of uh, St. Andrew's evenings uh, at the Weston and the Fairmont, and uh, they were they were wonderful. Um, there were lots of uh, private times and, and, and public times, and um, I am... So absolutely proud of uh, what uh, you've accomplished over the years for your family and uh, now for your political party. And I, I wish you lots of luck in the future as well. Thanks so much, Charles. And just to you and Jackie and Sid, you know, we, on behalf of my family, uh, just want to extend the very best to you. In your next adventure in, in Vancouver, we're really going to miss you here in Manitoba. Thank you so much, Heather. Take care. Bye-bye. Heather Heather Stephenson is the MLA for 
uh, for a tuxedo. And uh, the daughter of, uh, of Hugh and, and Diane McDonald and uh, the sister of uh, uh, Liz McDonald, who was a terrific colleague of mine here uh, in this building when it was a, a different outfit, a different radio station. And if uh, Liz is listening, great big uh, shout-out to you and your family. I miss you very much. Uh, Carmi Levy, um, my God, uh, this clock is such an enemy. There's no way that I'm going to leave this hour uh, without asking you something that I was reading about uh, the other day. Um, I think it was two years ago, Carmi, you're known as the tech guy, uh, but but you're so much more than that. Two years ago, you had a stroke, is that right? I did, um, uh, uh, and uh, survived uh, without any long-term damage, or at least no more than I had before the stroke. Uh, and uh, kind of realized it was the universe's way of uh, forcing me to look back at life and, and be thankful for what I have, because I came real close to losing that ability to be who I am and, and what I do, and frightening, but uh, uh, so glad to have emerged on the other side, and so glad I get to continue to chat with you, because quite honestly, that's the joy of my life. And this is such an amazing business. There's no way that you and I would have gotten to know each other had uh, this show not uh, become uh, Chorus Entertainment's national uh, program for about a decade, and uh, we beamed all over the country, including uh, one of my former uh, adopted hometowns, because I spent a couple of years in London, and you're a a Londoner, and uh, that's, I think, where you picked up on our show. Is that right? It is. Uh, in fact, as I was, I was commuting early mornings uh, and listening to your show, and so you were the voice in the in the dark, uh, keeping me connected uh, and reminding me why I loved radio as much as I always have. I mean, this is radio that mattered. Uh, you know, you weren't just a guy at the mic. You 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 connected with your community, whether it was in Winnipeg or clear across the country. And uh, you know, that's what galvanized me. Every time I think, oh, this is such a crazy business to be working in. Why am I doing it? And I I, I think back to those those first conversations that we've had, as well as me just being a listener, thinking I can do radio better. I got to follow his lead. And that was the example that you set. And not just for me, but for countless other media professionals in this country who just used you as a target, uh, as, a, as a coach and a mentor, and, uh, and they're better because of it. Well, mentors are extremely proud, as you know, for life of the people they've mentored. Uh, Carmi, uh, thank you for picking up on whatever uh, lessons uh, you may have learned uh, for, from your mentor. Uh, we'll be doing lots of radio down the road. Thank you very much for being part of my life. I'm looking forward. I'm just so glad our paths have crossed, and I'm looking forward to the next one.